All right. So we're going to go ahead and get into our second podcast ever. And thanks everyone who gave us any response on our first podcast. Thank you for any of the feedback we've gotten. I know we got some personal feedback from friends and family on how we can make things a little better. And we will try to work on some of those things. Um, We've done a little bit of that. We've decluttered our work surface a little bit. For some reason, that was a little distracting last time. Um, But we also have some props we've brought in today for a couple of our topics. So um, just because it's easier for me to read off a list, we have three topics for today. Um, A lot of our friends and family have played our online game, and we just wanted to share a little bit of information on how that came to be and what's going on with the online games that we've put together. We also want to talk about soldering irons, which is something Evan's brought a few props for us to take a look at for today. And then... I have another surprise for Evan. He doesn't get to know what that is yet. Mm. I like surprising him. You guys are going to learn that. He does not always love it, but we'll do it anyway. All right. So our online game. So we, um, both being web developers by trade, um, we wanted to create an online escape room during the, the quarantine time. And um, we, so, so we, we came up with some great puzzles and we ironically enough did not develop it from scratch, so we used um, uh, Squarespace to put that together, and uh, Squarespace was wonderful and it saved us so much time. It was so easy having to develop it ourselves. Um, but nonetheless, uh, I think it's a lot of fun. We have a choose-your-own-adventure game up there, which has thirteen different endings, and I don't believe anyone has found all thirteen endings yet. We have one ending that only one person has found and that's because they are family and they begged me to help them find it. Yeah. Okay? So so there's an ending out there that no one has gotten to on their own. And so please change that for us. Yeah. And what we'll do is uh, we're going to put the link to everything we talk about in this podcast uh, on the YouTube video and the doobly-doo below the, the video. So um, take a look and uh, we'll put a link there and we'll put a link to some of the other stuff we're going to talk about as well. Right. And if you are not up for that game, it is a little lengthy. We do have a shorter game there. It's just called an online puzzle challenge. It has somewhere between three and five puzzles. I made that over two years ago. So it's been a while since I worked on that one. There are hints at the bottom of the page. There is a puzzle there that works, you guys, I promise. But it is hard. Um, so there are hints at the bottom. If you want to just give up and flip all the way through the hints, you'll get the answer eventually in there too. But um, it's a fun challenge. I think kids can do the online puzzle game pretty well. Honestly, I think that our Lost in the Woods Choose Your Own Adventure can be kid-friendly as long as your kids aren't somewhat scared by being lost or separated. From it's a people. little spooky. Yeah. Um, so just just maybe look at it first. I know my, my kids with fr- friends with kids, kids with friends, my friends with kids have played. It's been fine. But just, you know, take a look at it first before you bring your kids into that one. Yeah. All right. So that'll bring us into probably what we will spend the most. Well, maybe not. My surprise is pretty good. But we'll spend some time on soldering irons. Um, We have two examples here. We actually have a third that we cannot find because we hate it so much. It's probably buried so that we never see it again. Yeah. So just like all escape room prop builders, we uh, and, and most electronics engineers, I guess, we... I started with my my dad's old soldering iron from 1978. It was uh, one of the blue handle. Um, I don't even remember the name uh, name brand. It starts with W. But anyway, Weller. Weller. Yeah, it's a classic, and um, it gets the job done. It did get the job done, but as it's got older and older, it started to fall apart, and the the, the tip uh, falls out anytime you try to yeah, use it. Yeah, the little the it's supposed to be crimped in, but it wasn't anymore. Um, 
And so we use that for a very long time and it takes a long time to heat up and uh, it's, it, it's kind of difficult to manage because there's nothing to set it on. And, um, you know, you can't control the temperature that it heats up to. And, and it also, uh, one time we left it on, uh, on a two week vacation we came home and it was still on and uh-huh. I, I will have to get it, give it credit for not burning down the house. So uh, that, that was quite nice. So at that point, uh, when we got back from that vacation, actually, we decided we would buy a real soldering station. And there are a lot of soldering stations out there in the world. Um, you know, Hacko is uh, sort of the go-to for the mid-level uh, soldering station, around 100 to 150 bucks. Um, I decided to watch a whole bunch of YouTube videos because that's what I do and uh, found a bunch of different soldering iron reviews trying to look for something in the $50 range. So that was my goal. Um, And I found uh, this soldering station, which is a KSGER brand from uh, Banggood, I believe. Uh, So it's a direct Chinese import. And uh, this is the version that has the uh, the heater with the pen style soldering iron, and it has a really nice OLED display, and um, and then you can also rapidly adjust the temperature and and many different settings. And uh, so the the best thing about it is it gets hot in like less than five seconds. Yeah, I think it's like two and a half. It it's is a, so fast you can start using it right away. Yeah, which is really really nice, and it comes with a Hacko style interchangeable nib so you can actually pull these out and replace them with different styles and it's super easy and it has a sensor in the handle that knows if you're using it so it requires a little bit of movement every once in a while and if you don't do that then it will automatically shut the soldering iron off in the event that you accidentally leave it on for two weeks when you're going on vacation whoops (laughs) so this is a brilliant soldering iron to be honest i don't have a lot of experience with you know thousand dollar soldering irons so i'm sure it's not as good as those but uh, for my needs, I, I can't ask for anything more. Right. So and we added great. other things to that as well. So we don't just have the soldering iron, but we also have a fan because um, sometimes. Yeah. A carbon Ugh. filter fan. So whenever you're soldering iron, you want to make sure that you're not breathing in all of the, the solder, especially because we typically use leaded solder uh, because it works a lot better. And um, and so you want to get that filtered away from your face. Right. But we also have a, a cleaning brush. We have. A, a real actually we have this same light. It's very great light. Um, love it. And then we have other tools out there that are related to soldering, like helping hands so that we can hold parts together. Sometimes I go out there and help him, but if I'm not available, then um, sometimes he needs more than his two hands. And really one, when you consider that one of them is holding this and trying not to burn himself. So, but thankfully <laughs> yeah. my dad taught me to solder when I was very young. So it's something that I've been able to help him in some capacity. I'm still a little uncomfortable soldering, you know, tiny, tiny components together, but some of the bigger things I'm good at helping them with. Yeah. So this has been a a godsend. It saved me a lot of time, the soldering iron. And so if it's also hot enough that if you were to, we, we have a circuit board holder. So you put the circuit board on there for say an Arduino, um, uh, shield, and you can just sort of run the soldering iron right along an edge and just put the solder in. It's, it's, great. Uh, it's great. It really is great. And then um, we're also going to talk about uh, another soldering iron. That This is the newest soldering iron to the family. It's, this is kind of our accidental soldering iron, but well, we happen to love it. Yeah, it's about three months old. And um, this is a Ryobi 18-volt uh, soldering iron. So it uses the same batteries as all of our other Ryobi tools. Um, to be honest, I... I pr- you know, if I'm going to buy hand tools, I usually prefer Makita, but Ryobi makes so many things. So now we have both 
battery systems. Um, we may eventually standardize on Ryobi, but we'll see. Uh, this is a great little soldering iron and it goes in my travel kit that we bring whenever we work on stuff on site. So whenever we're working at a customer's location, we like to have battery powered tools. So we have a Ryobi hot glue gun, a Ryobi soldering iron, and the next tool is going to be a, a Ryobi a heat gun. By so the way, if you have not used a battery powered hot glue gun, it is awesome. Yeah, it, we, it works great. We love that tool. Yeah. But and, this is also really good because it cools down pretty quickly. I wouldn't say it cools down as quickly as some of this as this one, but it cools down for something that we're going to have to pack up and travel home with in a short period of time. It cools down very quickly. It's rechargeable. We don't have to worry about finding a plug close to the thing that we're going to work on for somebody. And it just gives us a lot of versatility we didn't have before. Yeah. And to be honest, for 40 bucks, it works better than I expected. Right. Um, it's it's wonderful. So it gets nice and hot. It can solder uh, quickly and um, it gets hot enough to just sort of do tap tap soldering. Um, if you have two tinned parts, which means you've put solder on both of the parts, you can just tap them together, tap it, and it's uh, it's good and connected. So um, I was expecting something a lot worse, and yep. um, it's wonderful. It is helpful. Um, and and it's, it's fair for us to also mention another option that we utilize from time to time, because I don't think this is something we'll ever get into on its own in a podcast but we also have, if you reach in the bottom drawer next to you, we have heat guns that we'll sometimes use. Um, so there are some connectors, and Evan will have to remind me on what they're called, but there's some connectors that are little plastic tubes that have a bead of solder in the middle of them. And all you do is you put the pieces of wire into there, and then you use this heat gun to heat it up, and it will shrink the, the tubing around the wires as well as melt the solder so that the solder connects the actual wires together. And sometimes that is extremely helpful. Yeah. I think they're called uh, butt-in connectors, but um, there's a special type that has a little solder sleeve in the middle. Right. And those are amazing. So I've used the clip connectors many, many times over the years. and Sometimes they wiggle undone. I mean, you right. never know how people are using props and escape rooms, you guys. You may mount it to the wall, but you would be surprised at the depths that people can go through to get it off of the wall. Yeah. Even if they're told not to. And I have, to this date, never had one of those soldered button connectors yeah. fail. Mm -mm. They're actually strong enough that you could, if you could hang a prop by the wire, you could hang it with the button connector in it. Like it's, it right. holds strong enough that it's, it's physically very powerful. And um, so those are wonderful. And uh, we'll, we can actually do a little demo of that at, uh, in a future podcast. Right. I'm going to show you something about all of these. But um, needless to say, we use these all of the time. They're, they're all... Again, I knew exactly where that was, even though we weren't planning to show it. It's something we use all the time. In fact, I think I used it a couple of days ago. So, Yeah, and then if we want to make a mechanical connection for a wire and we want it to be removable, we also use a lot of uh, what the industry calls Wago clips, which is a specific product yep. from Wago. I think there's uh, in the top drawer there, there's a box of them. Um, but uh, these are also wonderful. And so where somebody might use a wire nut, Wire nuts can become unreliable over time if you're constantly fiddling with it. Or if someone pulls way, on it. Yes, all escape rooms are constantly fiddled with. Uh, these are wonderful. They just have these little orange levers that you pull up and then you can snap them together and they they clip and they hold like the Dickens. So um, these are these are wonderful. For Again, I'll put links to what those are in, in the description for this video, but... Um, we use these especially when it comes to things like relays, when we're going to have to be putting wires out of the prop that we're making so that people can hook them up to a mag lock or whatever else they're going to be triggering from the prop. These are super easy for us to get negative 
yeah. and out. And then we just label the wires and when we give them to the escape room owner. They know exactly what to plug in and there's no questions or them having to solder or do some sort of connection because those are really reliable. All right. Well, I'm going to now reach for our surprise item. Mm. Evan's going to love it. He looks very, very happy about it, but here we go. We don't actually love one of these two things I'm handing oh, out. Okay. There's two items today. One is great and the other one, not so much. So we have a, a genuine Arduino Uno, which we don't use Arduino Unos for all of our props, but they are quite popular for just a simple prop that doesn't require any remote control or anything. Um, this is a genuine one that actually comes in a beautiful box with some Arduino stickers for your laptop. Um, these are really nice. They're super reliable. I have never had one fail, the genuine Arduinos. They deal with uh, poor voltage a lot better than some of the cheap ones. And they have, so they have a much better um, uh, voltage converter and they also have a much better uh, USB serial connection chip than a lot of the cheap ones. The downside is these are 25 bucks, roughly, give or take, and they have this nice uh, plastic back. Which is great for mounting on props. Yeah, that has screw holes in it already, so you can actually pop this off and uh, mount it onto something. And so whenever we're using an Arduino Uno, we only use name brand Arduino Unos. This is different than a lot of other prop makers um, because the, the cheap ones are okay. But we have and, to replace every single one we've ever used. Well, let's not say every one, but uh they they do fail at a higher rate especially when they're put into situations that are high stress or um uh you know they're they're getting beat on or there's poor power or getting turned off and on all the time um so these these arduinos are great um there's also some middle of the road arduinos uh that are that are pretty good so amazon sells a couple in the seven to ten dollar range um that are pretty reliable and uh, then we actually have some like this one Judy has here. Sorry, this one's uh, from Micro Center. Yeah. And, and it's pretty good too. Those were eight bucks before the pandemic and they are now 10 bucks because everything is now more expensive. But they work. Yeah. They work really well. Yeah. Those are like 99% reliable. Um, I still prefer the genuine Arduinos, um, but those are, those are pretty good. But and now let's get to what this Evan hates. is the cheapest Arduino you can buy. Uh, maybe not the cheapest, but very, very close. This is a WAVGAT. Um, Arduino from AliExpress. I think they cost about $2.47 if I, my memory is They are correct. very, very inexpensive. And you buy them um, in bulk. And yeah, yeah. so you, you, can, you can buy them. They, they work okay, but there's one problem. They're using a, a knockoff chip. And the knockoff chip requires its own Arduino board um, file in Arduino IDE. And so... You can get that from WavGap, and it works all right as long as you're doing simple stuff. But my, what we found is that when we were doing I2C communication or other kinds of um, complex stuff. Or more than one RFID reader. Or more than mm -hmm. one RFID reader, yeah. That's a challenge, which we should talk about RFID readers in another podcast. So let's do that. Um, they, they fail because the version of the file of the Arduino Uno board that they're based on is, is like four years old. And so unless you want to go in and figure out the differences and write your own Arduino board setup uh, in the Arduino IDE, these, these suck. And um, you're going to run into, you'll run into problems from time to time. And we should point out, we do have other prop makers we've talked to who use those who haven't had problems with them. 
But in general, those are prop makers who own the escape room that they're making the prop for. So they happen to know where that's being installed and how it's going to be used. And people tend to take a little, they take really good care of it when it's something they know they have to fix. So, um, and they're a little more careful on how their game players are interacting with that prop. And I feel like I'm saying bad things, but players are hard on props, you guys. Um, even when I play a game, I'm poking around at everything in that room and seeing what moves and what doesn't move. So when we build props now, as composed to when we started building three years ago, we are much more careful about protecting what's inside of that prop. So we want to make sure that when we give someone a prop, they can hang it properly. And that has gone a long way. Even now in some of the more recent props where we've made that, use that piece, we haven't run into the same problems we did at the beginning. Yeah. So. so for example, we, we always will solder wire connections onto a shield and then stack that on top of the Arduino itself. Um, we never use DuPont connectors or the little pin connectors, never use alligator clips. Uh, none of that stuff is reliable in the long run. And uh, you, will, you will be called back out to fix it. So <laughs> definitely a good idea to, to put things in permanently. Yes. And, um, also, be careful of power supplies. Um, if you're ever making this, just because it fits does not mean it is the right power supply for that part. Um, they have very specific power requirements. And so make sure that when you're looking at the plug, that it is the right requirements for that. If you plug in something that's too high, it will burn and smell like it's on fire because yeah. it probably is. And that's another difference between these two because of the voltage, uh, the way that the voltage is, is adjusted. Um, the Arduino, the genuine Arduinos are much more tolerant. And so they're both rated the same if you look at the website, but we've found that if you're going to power this with something like a 12 volts you're getting from somewhere else, maybe the escape room owner has a 12 volt line or something, using the genuine Arduino is it's a lot, lot more, more flexible. fault tolerant. And actually the latest um, mini Arduino, the Arduino Nano Every, I believe actually says it can be powered with up to 26 volts. Um, so they're definitely getting even more flexible with those, uh, which is great because it makes them a lot more fault tolerant. And especially because a lot of the, if you were to let the escape room owner provide the, um, the power, then um, they might use an unregulated power supply and unregulated power supplies can spike to even a 12 volt supply could spike up to 18 volts for a little while. So got to yep. watch out for that. And, and don't be surprised if we talk about this again, because there's the teensy, there's the mega, there's a lot of other Arduino options that you have. This just happens to be what we use primarily because of the inputs that it has and just our experience with it. And a lot of times we try to reuse code from previous props so we don't have to completely start over every time. So it's nice to have something in common between those different props. But as we get especially into our suitcase game, we're going to be working with the mega. So if we start putting that film series together for you, you'll see a little bit more on how that's going to work as well. Yep. Well, everybody, thank you very much for joining us today. It was a lot of fun. And uh, let us know what you want to see. If you play the game, I'll be really happy if I can see that someone got to that 13th puzzle and finished it. And um, we look forward to talking to everybody next time and any suggestions you have for future podcasts. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>